0: Back to another episode of Short Shifts. We got 10 minutes on the clock with my friend Jeffrey Jay, Who's Zoolander Lavecchio, and he has no idea the topic that we have for him here today. But Vex, are you ready?
1: I'm ready. Let's get it. Hit me. This
0: one's up your wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk some penalty kill forecheck today. Let's oh. talk some PK forecheck. You were. A PK wizard back in the day, big time role of yours at every level that you played. That big stick, that long reach, the freaking speed, speed. Most importantly, hockey sense. Here we go. Baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> with the last, you know what though? Actually, with penalty killing, I, I was I did f- outthink power play players on penalty kill though. There go. So there you, go. There you go. So, what's the question?
0: So I'm going to leave the floor to you here and we'll, we'll keep this really generic at first and we'll take it wherever you want to go with it. But as it relates to the penalty kill and the PK four check, getting up the ice, what are some things that are important to you? What are some things that worked when you were a player and um, you know, maybe some systems, maybe some structure, maybe some habits that some coaches taught you that allowed you to have success on the PK four check, not allowing the other team to get inside the zone um, and minimizing some in zone time there. So what, is big for you on the PK four
1: check. I mean, if you can get them, get down there and pressure. Like, give them pressure. You know, like don't. It's so much easier, especially now and in, in today's world, where like setting up has has been and, and like like creating like actual plays, like kind of like football, like and these unbelievably genius plays where you come up and there's a crisscross and there's a drop. Then the guy's sprinting up and there's a really long drop. So now the other team is completely stopped flat footed. So like if you let teams set up, especially at the higher levels, like they're, pro- they're going to have a lot more opportunities to expose you just because like they're, you're going to run into like whatever their, their system is. They got five players, you got four. So I think if you can get out of the gate hot and get pressure and try to get to them before they get behind the net to set up, that's huge. I think it's massive. And if you can get you know, all four guys up, something I think like a lot of teams that are way easier to penalty kill, or like if you're on the power play, because um, I played power play in Europe. I didn't play in pro, but I didn't play power play in the AHL. I had 15 one year, not a big deal. All even strength and shorties. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Uh, <clears throat> I think that when all four players get up, together like all as far up as we can and close that gap it's so much harder when the penalty killers are together on that four check versus when it's like one guy and then there's space because when there's a bunch of space you're creating those east-west lanes to make a bunch of passes and when power play goes east-west on you you're hooped because then everybody's shifting over then you create even more lanes um so i think first guy if you can get up and go get out of the gate and chase them down as much as you can try and cause as much havoc as you can. And the other three guys, whatever you're running, whether it's, you know, like a one, one, two, or a a one, three, or like whatever, whatever you're running, like get up there and close that gap as much as you can, because then you're also moving back with speed versus standing still. I was really good on the PK four check as F one, but honestly, why? I, why
0: why were you so good as
1: F1 stick pressure speed relentlessness I wouldn't curl I would stop and start like if you know a guy like kind of shimming me like a lot of guys would take like a big loop you know especially when they're younger like I would hit the brakes cuz I was fast and I would just take off like a bat out of hell and sprint back also if you get beat sprint back through the middle of the ice Don't chase the guy if he's wide, sprint back to the middle, because he's not going to score from the boards if he gets in the zone. But as he gets in the zone, it's their job to tack the middle of the ice because you're going to be closer to the net, which means you have a higher uh, percentage of scoring. So sprint back through the middle. And like if you're on the left side of the ice, you want to sprint back to the to the post that's closest to you through the middle of the ice. Cause that's where they're going to be going. Um, so that's really important. Stick pressure, speed. And, uh, but I sucked as a second guy, I, I would get flat footed too much. Um, you know, maybe I wasn't a great backwards skater. I don't know. But the first, I, so I would just always go F1. Like, <laughs> Whoever you, you were out there with, you chill. Hey, hey, well, everybody, just knew. I'm going. everybody just knew Vex <laughs> go Vex just go F1. All right. One just thing.
0: Sprint. Yeah. One thing we would teach our guys is, is just to count you know count how many guys are going back into into the zone on uh, on an icing and if they were bringing all five guys back <laughs> all four guys on the pk are getting right up and gapped up and and coming yeah. back with speed now if right. they're stretching a guy or if they're stretching two guys then you have to be a little bit more cognizant of leaving a couple guys or one guy back a little bit so you're not giving up a breakaway pass but just a kind of a rule of thumb is just hey like let's let's count how many people are in front of us and if all five of them are in front of us then let's all gap up together and come back with speed. And so we're not flat-footed
1: at the blue line. I think that's a really good rule of thumb. Yeah, that always used to hoop me uh, if I was second guy, the, the flat footed thing. So as I got older and older, you know, then like the further I realize the further I gap up, I can move back faster with yeah. them, kind of matching their speed. Um, so that that's really important. So so as that second guy, the second F2, usually you're going to be on the outside or you're going to be on the outside and then cutting across as one four checker pushes them this way, they're going to move the puck back and go across. You're going to be going the other way. But basically the big thing is like, keep your feet moving. If you get flat footed on the, on the PK, you're going to get burned and, uh, and, and stick just, and stick and skate
0: always back through the middle when the puck goes away from you. Always, always, always because what you first see
1: move, first move stick. Yeah. You can and, be, it's not turn and skate. I would always go stick Lead and then skate with the stick in front of me because I can't tell you. And you know how many times guys had just hit your stick with a pass because you weren't there. And then you just quickly flipped your stick around, you know, and you break up a pass.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I always felt when I got into youth hockey and even like when I was a college coach watching youth hockey, there were so many times where like F1 was aggressive and then F2 would kind of be in no man's land and there would always be because there was so much space in between F1 and F2 that F1 would go, they'd make one pass from the middle to the side and then it was just cross ice (laughs) and then you're hooped every time. You know, um, I've always been a, a big believer in, and there's a lot of different ways you can skin the cat now. And obviously things are changing. And and one thing on the power play that's really changed how people have had to PK four check is the drop, you know, the drop back, you get up and then you drop it back. And then all of a sudden we have to regap and get up and then come back. So you're not so flat footed, which can be tough. It could be tough, but I've always been bel- a huge believer in building a wall at the blue line. Do not let them get a clean entry and be aggressive as you can at the blue line. Um, I and and this is coming from almost the fact of just like me being a power play player, and I hated when the other team stepped up at the blue line and were really hard at that. And yeah, they forced you to dump the puck, right? And so, that's why it's even more important again to make sure that when the puck goes away from you, particularly as F1, like we're always back through the middle just to make sure we're an extra fail safe if if we do get end up getting beat at the blue line, but always been a big fan of forming that wall in the blue line. I've done a few different little things, um, on that recently, like Carolina scored two goals in like two different games on just building that wall. And what they do and what a lot of teams are doing now is it's almost like, it's not like a one three, it's almost like a three, one where you're building that wall at the blue line. And then the one defender is back and in the middle, and he's the retriever of pucks. He's the retriever of pucks. So if you're doing your job with the first three guys and you're forcing the other team to dump the puck in. Now that person is cheating on that dump. And now we can go back to have a little bit more time and space because the PK four check, isn't just the four check. The PK four check is the four check into the breakout and you have to have a plan of a breakout when certain things happen. So for that guy, that's going back to be the retriever, that defenseman in that three, one kind of situation. um, If it's a rim, then you're the support. It's a rim all the way across. One of the people on the blue line is going to have to get it, bump it back to you, and then you can ice it. If it's a chip one way or the other, then you're the the person that's going to go retrieve the puck and you're going to be able to make that next play. And again, have a plan on where those other three guys are going You know, after that puck is chipped. So again, it's not just forcing them to dump it. It's... After you force them to dump it, what are you going to do with the puck? I think that's really important to talk about too.
1: I love that. We got one minute left here. And I think a big thing on that too, is goalies talk to the guys as they're coming back. If they dump it in goalies, you are the player's eyes That D man or whoever is back there is skating back. He knows he knows he has a ton of pressure goalies. You should be screaming like on your back, on your back, hard up the middle, hard up the middle or off the glass, high up the glass. He's coming. He's cut like, let him know, because it's just gonna make him a better player,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. and And I think one of the things to to talk about is we only have about thirty seconds here left is there's a lot of different ways to skin the cat, one, three, one, one, two. Um what teams are doing a lot now is they're doing like a box. It's almost like a two two because what you're seeing on the power play breakout as they get it, you need one player. Um, that's going to take the speed and one player that's going to take the kick out. Right. So the one guy's coming up hard. They got another guy that's kind of standing at the blue line. Who's taking the guy that's going hard. Who's taking the guy that's at the blue line, but habits, man, habits are really, really important as we're going through this. There we go. We are done.
1: Share the 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 show. show.